Good morning and God bless you, Liberty. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God bless you for joining us here today via Facebook and all social media outlets. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for life, for health, for strength. We thank you for the activities of our limbs. We thank you, Lord God, that we can call upon the name of the Lord today, that they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in our mouth. Hallelujah. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. Let's just go before the Lord with prayers of worship. Father, we worship you for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the Elohim. We worship you because you are the El Shaddai. We worship you because you are the Adonai. We worship you because you are Jehovah Jireh, Sidkanu, Nisi, Shalom. You are the God of more than enough. You are El Elyon. You are the providential God. You are the sovereign God. And with all that we have, we worship you today. We lift up your name in all the earth. How excellent is your name, O God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. And so it is you that we worship. It is you that we magnify. It is you that we glorify. Hallelujah. Hosanna in the highest. We give you glory, honor, and praise today. Father, with our worship, we know that you are looking for, hallelujah, those that worship you. For the Father seeketh such to worship in spirit and in truth. And so with uplifted hands today, we lift our hands and say, hallelujah. You are high and lifted up. And without you, we would not know where we would be right now. But because of you, we are blessed in the city. We are blessed in the field, going out and coming in. Father, today we pray prayers of repentance. You said in your word that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive the sin, and I'll heal the land. And so we repent right now of anything that we've thought, that we've said, that we've done, contrary to the will of God. We know that your word says that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We lay it down on the altar today, never to pick it up again. We walk away truly repenting and turning from that thing. In the name of Jesus, we repent today and we say, Father, yes to your will. We say, Father, yes to your way. We say yes to the paradigm shift. We say yes to the appointment. We say yes to overflow. We say yes to a yoke destroying, burden removing power that's about to hit somebody's life. A power that's about to hit somebody's ministry. The power that's about to hit somebody's business. The power that's about to hit somebody's character and mindset. The power that's gonna call somebody to forgive. The power that's gonna allow somebody to love again. The power that's gonna allow us to walk upright in righteousness, honor, and integrity. We thank you for the release of that power today in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray for those who are linked in via social media, media, regardless of where they are, incarcerated, in their sick room, in, hallelujah, the courtroom, in their places, Lord God, in their home, living room, in their bedroom. I pray now in the name of Jesus that you would touch them right where they reside. I pray now that you would heal the mind, body, soul and spirit. Make them whole regardless of what the doctors have said, regardless of the prognosis and the diagnosis. We know that God, you are a healing God. Heal them emotionally, physically, mentally, from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. I thank you, oh God, that you are the mender of broken hearts. I thank you 
that you are the mender of broken relationships. I thank you that you are giving restoration, resuscitation, liberation, hallelujah, restoration in these days and in these times, in these times of pandemic, in these uncertain times. You are still God. And so we seek your face today. We seek your spirit today. We seek your presence today. We seek your power today. Fill us again. Heal us again. Hear us again. Do it again. You've done it before. Hallelujah. 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 We pray your divine blessing over the service today that you'll bless the word of God that it come forth on good soil, on good ground. Give us understanding. Give us clarity. Give us persistency and consistency concerning the things of God and the things that pertain to the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we know that we are going places in you and that we are going higher, shifting higher, going up into another level in the things of God. Bless this day. Bless this hour. Bless this moment. Bless this service. Let your will be done and we'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory. It belongs to you. Hallelujah. Heaven smile down today and let the voice of the Lord God be heard among the nations. It is these prayers that we pray today and we ask them in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Amen and amen. Stay tuned for more ministry. God, we just want to say thank you just for who you are. In these uncertain times, you're still amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're so amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're so I'm so glad you're mine. No, oh, I'm glad to say you're mine. We stand in all of you, amazed at the things you do. You're holy and worthy is the Lamb who was slain for me. Say we. No one above. 
so, so good to me. And I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so Coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. with God? What about your marriage or your life or maybe your career? Well, join us as Pastor Thomas begins this brand new series entitled Desire More, the life of the Holy Spirit in us. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. As we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, grab hold of somebody that might be next to you, family member, whoever it may be. I know you online and we like to see things move and progress in a fast pace, but sometimes we got to get to a place of just taking our time and getting into the presence of God. Our worship song this morning said she poured out her oil from her alabaster box. How many of you have gotten to that place where you're like, God, I don't have anything else but my oil. My oil that is priceless to me, it may not mean anything to anybody else, but it's priceless to me. God, and as I pour it out, as I lay at your feet, as I surrender myself to you, God, I'm, I'm asking you, God, to just remember me. There were two thieves that were with Jesus on the cross, and one mocked Jesus, and the other one said, when you go into your kingdom, don't forget me. How many people this morning that are listening, that are watching, simply have that prayer? God, Jesus, when you return, don't forget me. I know I've been wrong. I know I've made mistakes. I know I've hurt. I know I haven't done it always the right way. But God, please don't forget me. God, don't forget me when you come back for your people. Don't forget me when you're passing out blessings. Don't forget me when we're talking about families. Don't forget me when you're breaking generational curses. God, don't forget me when you're breaking free from bondage. Don't forget me, God. And this morning as hearts and minds are are prepared and, and minds are sitting there saying, God, what is our new normal? Let me declare right now that your new normal is to be in the presence of God. Your new normal is not just about wearing a mask because it's time for the mask to come off. It's time for you to be transparent before the throne of God. It's time for you to show him just where you hurt, just where you're broken, just where your sins are. It's time to let go of the mask and become who he called you to be. It's time to stop hiding and trying to put a smile on for people. Somebody needs to know that you're broken. Your father needs to know that you're hurting. Your father needs to know what you're going through. And right now, we're asking the Holy Spirit to enter into this place. Not the four walls of the sanctuary, but enter into this body, the sanctuary of the Most High, where Romans 1 and 2, 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech thee, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, God, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God, wherever we're reaching out on the airwaves, whether it's by social media, whether it's by website, however we're reaching people right now, God, we ask right now that your spirit move through the airwaves, that your spirit have its divine purpose, that your spirit has its divine way. From the youngest to the oldest, that your spirit comes in and begins to shift the atmosphere right now. 
God, there's deliverance on the table if you need it. There's healing on the table if you need it. There's understanding on the table if you need it. There's more power right now if you need it. Are you ready to pour out? Are you ready to give of yourself? It's time. It's time. We, we don't have to go by protocol. Right now is the time for you to be in the presence of God. Grab your child's hand. Grab your spouse's hand. Grab your parents' hand right now and begin to prophesy. Begin to open up your mouth and declare that by your stripes we are healed. That you are the head and not the tail. That no danger shall come your way. That no hurt shall befall you. That we give you all glory. We give you all honor and we give you all praise. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray. The name that is above all other names. The name that is a strong tower. The name that the Bible declares. The righteous shall run into it and be saved. God, we worship you like never before. We magnify your name like ne never before. And God, we give you glory like never before. Now have your way, oh God. God, hide me behind your cross so that people will see none of me, but they'll see all of thee. That you get the glory, you get the honor, and you get the power. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. You are my strength and my redeemer. And let the redeemed of the Lord say, Amen. Amen. amen and amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want to get to some word this morning. If you have your Bibles, lift up your Bibles, cell phones, whatever you may have, and let's make our Bible decoration and repeat after me, Lord, I thank you. That I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you open up your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, we're looking at the first through the 18th verse, the first through the 18th verse is on your screen right now, and I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, and it reads as this, are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need as some letters of, con of commendation to you from, uh, from you? You are our letters, written in our hearts, known and ready by all men. Being manifested that you are letters of Christ, cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Somebody underlined spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, 
who also made us adequate as servants of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit, what? Gives life. But if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stone came with glory so that the son of Israel could not look intently at the faces of Moses because of the glory of his face fading as it was, how will the ministry of the spirit fail to be even more with glory? Verse number nine says this, for the ministry of uh, common condemnation has glory. Much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. Verse number 10 says, for indeed, what had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpassed it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more than that which remains is in glory. Verse number 12. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech and are, like, and are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. But the minds were hardened, for until this very day, the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because it is removed in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over the hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, this is my scripture right here. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse number 18. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from what? From glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Just now, verse number 14, I want you to look at it real quick. For the uh, 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter and the 14th verse, look at it real quick. It said, for the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. The word of the Lord has already been blessed. I want to deal with this topic as we continue in this series about desire more. I want to deal with this topic today of spirit empowered or empowered by the spirit. Last week when we talk, when we set off with this uh, with this teaching, we looked at the subject, the spirit of God and subtext, the voice of the church. So we talked about how we have to be, we as, as the church have to sound more like the Holy Spirit, which is supposed to operate in our life. We're supposed to sound like him. That means we imitate him. We listen to him when we're talking. We listen to him in our speech. But this morning I need you to be empowered. I need you to be empowered by that same spirit, not just to talk like the spirit, but to act like the spirit, not just to act like the spirit, but to move in the spirit, not just to move in the spirit, but to become one with the spirit. Somebody declare, I got to become one with the spirit of God. 
And so this morning, I want to take a, a parallel and contrast approach to this. The, the, this whole design of today, we're going to look at compare and contrast, what it means to look like one way and then what it means to look like the other. You, if you've ever heard me preach before, you know I like compare and contrast because comparing and contrast usually stems from how we act right now and where we need to be in order to be empowered by the Spirit of God. Somebody say, Spirit empowered. Spirit empowered. So this morning, I want to deal with and look at this matrix right here. What are we when we are at our worst, and when we are at and when we are our best? When we are at our best, when what we are at our best, when I can't even read my own handwriting this morning. Amen. But this morning, I need us to really dive into this mindset, one of how we used to be before the Holy Spirit and one how we should be now after the Holy Spirit, after we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We know next week is Pentecost Sunday. We know next week we're going to jump, shout and praise and we're going to receive it. But right now I'm talking to that person who has been operating on their own way of their own mindset and what they've done on their own. But now you have to get to a place of acting the proper way under the Holy Spirit in your life right now. And if you take this time with me, we're going to see how God looks at us and how we should operate in this based upon 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. So now, as we look at this, when we are, as we look at this first column, it says we are at our worst when what? And my first point is this, we are at our worst when we're controlled by the love of power. The love of power. I want to make sure that you see that and get that. Not the power of love, but the love of power. How many people can say that when I'm in charge, it feels good? When I'm controlling something, it feels good. When, when, when I'm sitting at the top of the class and I know there's nobody else to correct me or change me, it makes me feel like I'm in control of the whole atmosphere. If I'm better than somebody at something, if, I'm, uh, if I understand something better than other people, it puts me at a mindset of being in control. It makes me feel like uh, I have something that nobody else can take. And if they want it, they have to come to who? They have to come to me. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people operate being controlled by the love of power, love of power with your finances, love of power in relationships. That's a whole nother series right there. The love of power when you're dealing with uh, other people, the love of power when we're dealing in certain areas of our life. And so much so we tend to not allow the spirit of God to have control. We don't want to relinquish things about us. We like to hold on to things about us. We like to make sure that people think that we have it all together. We like to we like to put that smile on in the morning so that when we walk out today, when we walk out today, we want to control our day. I'm not going to have a bad day today. I'm not dealing with those people that irritate me. I'm not dealing with them people that, that talk about me. I, matter of fact, I'm not even deal, I'm not calling my haters. I don't, I don't want to interact with my haters today. I'm going to control everything about me today. Somebody say, I love being in control. I, I, and, and you ain't got to say it loud because I know on the inside, you say, yeah, Pastor, there's some things I love to be in control about. I love to be in control about certain things with, with my 
my kids. I, my kids love to be in control when they're better than one another at video games. They love to have that right and that authority over it. There are some people that love to be in control of their marriage. Oh, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how to act. You can't tell me where to go and how to, what time I should be back. And you will not relinquish, relinquish control. Somebody say, I ain't relinquishing nothing. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to deal with some things this morning to help you get to a place of understanding how the world has told us to take control of every area of our life. Even the devil, when he took Jesus up on a mountain, he said, throw yourself down. Throw yourself down and, and, and the angels will grab charge of you so you won't least dash your foot. And Jesus said, what? Thou shall not tempt the Lord God. Thou should not tempt the Lord God. That because the enemy knew that Jesus had control over things, but he wanted him to assert the control over Jesus. That was the same thing that the enemy did in heaven. Once he got up, he gazed upon himself and saw how good he looked. He wanted to exalt himself above God, above the control of God. He wanted to exalt himself. So now when we see this scripture and in this text, we got to deal with being controlled by the love of power. We know that scripture says a lot of people like to distort this scripture. The love of money is the root of all evil. But most people don't use that terminology. Most people will say money is the root of all evil. No, money is not the root of all evil. The love of it. The same way being controlled by the love of money. I've talked about this before. If you, if you allow your love of money to control you, you'll do things that are outside the will, the purpose, and the plan of God. So now we got to get to the revelation and understanding what do we need to really do because if we are at our worst when we're controlled uh, by the love of power that means we are at our best when what we are at, at our best when we are compelled by the power of love Love, compelled by the power of love. If you look at, our, uh, uh, at one of our foundational texts, it says 2 Corinthians 5 and 14 says what? For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. We all died with Christ when Christ died for us, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. But being compelled by love, by the power of love, that means my motives, my, my, my understanding, the way I operate, the way I do things has to be compelled by the power of love not the love of power I got to be able to put down some things that I think I should be able to have rights to if I'm going to love you, if I'm going to allow love to mandate my way I live, if I'm going to allow love to operate in me I got to be able to put away some hatred I got to be able to put away some legal rights that I think that I got when somebody offends me I got to be able to put away some, some mandates and some things simply because I have to change my mindset of loving the power to allow the power of love to take over in me. Somebody say, I got to allow power of love to take over. The power of love that the Bible says no greater love than a man shall give than to lay down his life for his friend. The power of love. He said, uh, I go to the cross. I died for you. I gave my life for you. I came to the earth for you because I love you. 
He said, I came to earth so that I could die simply for your sins. The power of love that in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, in, in the love scripture, in the 13th chapter, where it said, for love is, uh, for uh, you may have a clowning symbol, but without love, I mean, you may be able to speak in tongues of angels, but without love, it's like as a clowning, a, clowning, a clanging symbol, excuse me. But then you also hear him say, the greatest of all these three is what? Love. He said, you might have hope, you might have joy, but the greatest of these is love. Why? Because when love operates in you, it changes your mindset. It allows you to see that everybody is fallible. Everybody can make mistakes. Everybody is not always perfect. It allows you to see that you've made mistakes and still operated in love. Somebody say love. See, if you're, if you're compelled by the power of love, you will operate in forgiveness. Why? Because he is holy, so I am holy. So if God operates in forgiveness on my life every day, that means I can operate in forgiveness in others every day. That means I don't hate you just because you've offended me. I don't hate you because we broke up. I don't hate you because of the divorce. I don't hate you because you didn't give me what I wanted. I don't hate you because you didn't follow the prescription. I'm coming to a place of operating through the power of love, able to say I can love you because through the, uh, through the affliction, through the pain, through the hurt, through the situation, I can still love you. Why? It's not even for you. It's so that I don't live in the bondage. I don't live in the hurt. I don't live under this, this, this mindset and this dark cloud of something being over me. Somebody said, I'm compelled by the power of love. If you look at, uh, at our scripture this morning, in 2 Corinthians, the first through the third verse, it says what? Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Are we getting too high on ourselves? Are we beginning to say that we're bigger than what we are? He said, or do we need as some... Letters of commendation to you from you. He said, do you do I need you to write how good I am to you? Do I need you to write what I've been to you? Do I need you to write just so that I can show it to others? He said, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? A lot of times when we get to this place of serving God and we get to this place of being on the cross, we get too high on ourselves. And we stop looking and we start looking at others like they're less than, like they're not worthy. Just imagine if God looked at you as if you were not worthy, where would you be right now? If God was compelled by the power of, by the love of power, we'd all be dead right now. Because we are sinners that were saved by grace. But just imagine if God said, you know what? I don't love any of them and I simply want to control them and they're not listening to what I say. So now I'm going to wipe them out. I'm not going to, I won't have anything to do with them. If God was compared by, by, by the power, by the love of power, we wouldn't be where we are right now. We wouldn't stand in pulpits right now. We wouldn't, he would never have had to send his son Jesus who died for us. But because he loved us so much, because he said, those are my children, I created them in my image and in my likeness. So there's something in them that I have to love. Because they look like me, they sound like me, they talk like me. And if they do that because of me, I can't give up on them yet. Somebody say he's not giving up on me yet. 
the second verse in this said, you are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Because you're walking in the will of God, the purpose of God, and the plan of God, you should be walking like the Spirit of God. People should see the Spirit of God. I said this last week when we were talking about being the voice of the church or, or the vo what the voice of the church should sound like. We should be filled with the Spirit so much so that when people see us, they should see something different in their life. They, the people should see something different about you every time you step out the house. You don't have to walk around and jump and shout and turn around three times and, and do all of that. But your walk should be pleasing in God's sight. Your walk should be what God has called you to be. Your walk should be, just, you should look like God in the earth. You should look like his image so people can say, uh, I see you, Father. I see something different about them, and I need to know what it is. Somebody say, I got to walk a little different. The third verse of this says this. Being manifested that you are a letter of Christ. That means the whole thing written about you is sealed, signed, and delivered by the, by the insignia, by the crest of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ. That means when you walk in the earth, everything that somebody reads about you has already been signed, sealed, and delivered by the power of God, by the word of God, by the will of God, by the purpose of God, and by the plan of God. You should look like the letter that's been written about you. What is the letter written about? about you. I was young, but now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. My children are heirs and joint heirs of Christ Jesus. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. I'm adopted in the beloved. No, I don't look like the world. I don't want to look like the world. I want to be separate and be ye holy. I want to be a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy, which is my reasonable service and be not conformed to this world. I don't want to look like this world on my daily walk. I don't want to act like this world on my daily walk. Yes, I may fall short of the glory every day, but when I get back up and I dust off and I wipe off, I need to look like the spirit of the Lord that operates on the inside of me. No, I don't need to be boastful. I make my boast in the Lord. No, I don't need to worry about what's going on because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Somebody declare, I need to look like who wrote the story about me. See, cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on the tablets of stone, but on the tablets of the human heart. Why did he say this? Because when, when, when Moses went to the mountain, when Moses went to Mount Sinai, when he got the tablets, which were the Ten Commandments, the laws, and Moses came back down with two tablets with all the laws that were written, Moses got mad at the children of Israel. He got mad because they were being disobedient. He got mad and he took the law because what he saw that they were doing was not obeying what God had said, and he took the law and he broke it. But the Bible says later on, that word have I uh, written on your heart that you may not sin against me. So now he took it from being something that was th that could be broken. Somebody missing this. He took the law which was written down on tablets that could be broken, that could be thrown away, that could be changed. And he simply said, I'm going to take it from being on a tablet and I'm going to write it on your heart so that you may know that my laws never change. But yet and still, I still sent you a son. I still sent you a savior. I still sent you myself in human flesh so that I could die for you because I know that you can't be the sacrifice for your own sins because you 
you're not perfect. And he understood that. Isn't that amazing that God understood that you're not perfect? Even though he created you in his image and in his likeness, he still gave you free will. So now I got to change my mindset from the power, uh, from the love of power to the power of love. Somebody say power of love. Not only that, the next poem and the next part that I want to talk to you about, and I promise you we're going to be out of here shortly, is that when you're at your worst, a lot of times you're paralyzed by fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what's going to happen. Fear of lack. Fear that God doesn't hear your voice. Fear that you're not perfect in his sight. A lot of times we get paralyzed by fear so we won't step out and be who God called us to be. We won't step out and operate in, uh, 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 empowered by the Spirit. We won't step out when we hear the voice of God. We won't step out because we are paralyzed, one, because of fear, one, because fear of how everybody else is going to look at us. There are people who have had an opportunity because of this pandemic and being sheltered in to save money again. There are people that are no longer paralyzed by fear of the status quo of maintaining certain things or looking like a certain way. They have gotten able, they've been able to come out of being paralyzed by fear because now nobody is paying attention to what's going on. And you're able to submit yourself to the purpose and the will of God. Somebody say, I got to submit. I got to submit. I'm no longer paralyzed by fear because if I'm not paralyzed by fear, I can be this. I can be propelled in freedom. And when I'm at my worst, I'm paralyzed by fear, fear of the unknown, fear of stepping out, fear of being who God called me to be, fear of, the, uh, of what people will think about me, fear of leaving friends, fear of leaving situations, fear of stepping out and opening that business, fear of being who God said I should be. I am, I've been paralyzed by fear when I'm at our worst but when I'm at my best I'm propelled by freedom and this is where I want to hop at real quick because the Bible says this in verse number 17 where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is the Lord is spirit the Lord handles me the Lord empowers me the Lord causes me to rise up the Lord causes me to be who I'm to be the Lord said I'll be the head and not the tail the Lord said I'll be above and not beneath the Lord said I'll I'll be the lender and not the borrower. And the spirit of the Lord, when it operates on the inside of me, there is what? There is liberty. There is liberty in my life. There's liberty in my heart. There's a freedom that I've never seen before. The Bible said, whom the sun sets free is truly free indeed. But there is liberty when I step out and operate, when I'm empowered by the Spirit of God, that no hair on my head shall be harmed, that I can speak to the mountain and tell the mountain, be thou removed, that I can speak to my situation and call my situation under subjection of the Lord Christ. I, when I begin to open up my mouth, when I'm propelled by the freedom of the spirit I begin to change my environment I begin to speak those things that are not as though they were somebody missing that I begin to declare what the word of the Lord said no I'm not in living in lack I'm living and prospering I, I'm speaking that thing it may I don't care what it looks like I could have a dollar in the bank but I'm living and prospering uh, and prospering I'm living according to what the will of God said the purpose of God the mindset of God is and because there is liberty in it you can't stop me you 
You can't shackle me. You can't bound me up. I dare somebody stand up on their feet right now and declare that my shackles are free. I'm broken free. I'm stepped out. I'm coming to a place where I'm understanding. I'm coming to a place where God loves me. I'm coming to a place where he's accepted me. I'm coming to a place where greater is he that's in me. I'm coming to a place where the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm coming to this place and I'm coming out from where I'm at. I'm coming out from sheltering in place because now I'm spirit empowered. And when I step out spirit empowered, I'm propelled in the freedom and the gospel of Jesus.